0: Man, today I'm joined by somebody, an OG of Lockdown Mavs from the Ticket, Jake Camp. We're gonna talk Mavs, Jalen Brunson, basically the state of the Mavs right now. Coming up here in a little bit.
1: and this is Lockdown Mavs. Dallas
0: Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! Bang! it's good, and the Mavericks have won the game. You,
1: if you don't believe? You shouldn't be here.
0: Welcome to Lockdown Maps. This one of your co-host Isaac Harris, maps.com. Nick is traveling. I want to say the world, but he's basically in Ohio. And nothing exciting in Ohio. Just kidding. But today, joined by Jake Kemp, the one of the OG, <laughs> OG. I, okay, let's just. First off, Jake's from the ticket. He's been talking Mavs forever. I mean, I think, I mean,
1: you talk Mavs basically every day, right? Uh, it's probably like every day half of the year. And then during Cowboys, it's probably like three days a week. Uh, but certainly with Luca, even where the Cowboys are, we're still doing Mavs pretty, pretty, pretty much every day, I would say.
0: Yeah. So hang's on on the on the ticket
1: 1310, right? Yeah, I think the cool kids now are more onto FM uh isaac so that's 96.7 whoa we also have have the sports day talk app uh which is pretty cool you can pause and rewind it's almost like a podcast it's like uh people actually say this to me sometimes like when they ask me what i do like people who are 20s i'm like yeah i work i have like a radio show and they're like is that like a podcast yes I'm like yeah kind (laughs) of but like from just a few years ago and then the hundred before that
0: no yeah a guy I work with named Tanner he uh, is in college and he listens to you know the radio every day and i I, I was like man mad props to you listen to the radio because when I listen to y'all segments I just you know I'll, I'll go find the segment on a, on a podcast feed and I'm like all right I'll listen to it this way but it all shout counts out, yeah it all counts and so I joked at the beginning that he's an OG locked on guy because back in the day episode one like one of on Mavs your host or jake Kemp and mike marshall so <laughs> i went back and i was like you know what i'm gonna pull up a clip i'm gonna pull oh, up something no. from the very first episode and now i did this very quickly before we got on here so don't mind what it looks like on the youtube channel here just listen to the audio because mm. the title of it september 12 2016 the title of it is kevin durant saves the mavs offseason Mm. so uh throwback to harrison barnes become a maverick but in the first like 20 minutes y'all have a mini little segment here talking about a dodgeball game uh did you see twitter today from the mavericks that they're having the uh the dodgeball game no Let's oh see. my gosh man Let's see what they're Steve having a, Alec
1: has been up to they're
0: having a uh darren williams put together i guess a charity dodgeball game and it's like the mavs maniacs versus the actual mavericks
1: except for now. the
0: yeah, except for the actual Mavericks are dressed up as grannies. Wow, and, a, little, a little
1: Larry Johnson
0: vibe. Uh, there is a phenomenal photo of Rick Carlisle dressed as your grandma from Wataga or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's got a wig and he's got a nightie on, and it is exceptional. And it might might change into my uh, my Twitter avatar oh at some time. Oh, my God.
1: Look at, you know what? The other thing that Rick is doing right here in this photo I'm looking at is – a classic move where you cross your arms and kind of thumb your biceps up a little bit. Ooh, that is. Just make them pop a little bit.
0: That's the most junior high move that's ever happened. Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now that didn't make the Tim McMahon story. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like, we loved doing it, but we were nowhere near as committed as you guys were. Like, we were probably three or four, you know, uh a week and it was like like i I can't really do much more than that um we had way more just weird tangents about the team and stuff like i i don't think we were really cut out for it but i told you this whenever we were uh getting started like i don't think you knew this i know nick does like i listen all, almost every day uh
0: That's
1: and so does the guy i do the show with dan dan mcdowell he listens you know, especially like for ap- you know, day after games and stuff like that. Like we listen almost every day. So you were like laying out the format for me and I'm like, bro, I got it. <laughs> You're like, I got this. I, got I, listen. <laughs> I can help with the the reads if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Spot is brought to you about Bill.
0: Hey. Uh, <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. Appreciate the support, man. Uh, you know, and talking about people who love to talk Mavs, watching Mavs. I mean, we were talking before this, and you know, like, yeah, man, I, I used to sit in this one chair, this one spot there at Mavs games for five straight years there, every single home game. And uh, so, I mean, you follow the team. You've been following the team for so long now. You know everything about the team. I just want to – so what we're going to do today is I'm going to throw five different questions for you, five big questions about the Mavs. Okay. And just kind of get – state of the Mavs for Jake Kemp, what you're seeing, what you're maybe hearing, what you think about the team. And I'm just going to throw a big one right off the top you you probably have these conversations whether it's you know with family family Christmas or you run into people and they know you watch the Mavs and stuff and they ask you just the big blanket statement of man how's the Mavs doing this year and he's like oh, I love these questions you know because you can go any any direction mm-hmm. so somebody just asks you or let's just say like a a, a middle schooler walks up to you and says Jake How's the Mavs doing
1: this year? Like, what, how would you describe the season so far? Uh, what I would do is rather than say, I don't know, I would say, Well, here's the thing, uh, fifth grader, they don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel about the team right now is that we knew that there was going to be a clarity search, you know, for at least like the first 40 games, maybe even a full regular season, which is a bummer because I don't know that they're really in a fact finding portion of their win curve or of mm-hmm. their like franchise trajectory. But I think that they, they knew they weren't going to know a ton about who they were until at least mid season anyways. And now because of a number of different circumstances, they know even less um, COVID obviously being one of them injuries being one of uh, one of them. And I mean, obviously that's like the two big ones, but I I think the biggest thing for me is not so much that I don't know what they are. It's that I don't feel like they have any idea what they are yet. And you know, that goes from, you know, how they want to play defensively night in, night out. Like, there's definitely been some some bright spots for sure. The data's trended upward at times. Uh, then there have been some some downturns. The, uh, you know, the Luka conditioning thing. You know, last year I had a number of excuses for that uh, because I, I felt like, especially like in sports talk radio world, like people didn't really give the full picture, which was like in Slovenia, gyms were still closed down. Like, I'm not saying the guy can't get a Peloton or something, but, like, if you're trying to get full court work, even in pickup, like, they were closed down. The season did start earlier than we thought it would, um, somewhere between, like, three and five, maybe even six weeks. This time it's just weird because uh, I didn't know that it was possible for someone that in shape to lose it that quickly to that degree. Like, I'm almost impressed. Like, because I thought, okay, well, he's – we're all staying up till 2 a.m. watching uh, watching the Olympics. And I just thought, well, even if he just chills out, like he's going to be in the best shape starting a season in the NBA that he's ever been. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, I would say the weird one constant of this season that I think I do know and I think they know was the thing we were the most concerned and confused about, which is, is KP healthy and will he be able to be a force when healthy? Yeah. And he – Pretty much has been, like on both ends of the floor. Like it's almost like first year Mavs KP on defense last year and maybe a little bit of the year before Mavs KP on offense. They've been able to figure out his role. So the the weirdest part is the thing that I think we were all the most intrigued and concerned and confused by is kind of the thing they know the most about right now. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and when I, I think about the whole clarity part of who they think they are, you know, we heard the whole Christmas thing. Oh, well, you know, we'll we'll know who mm-hmm. we are by Christmas. And I'm like, but do we like now we're passing? I, I get the past few weeks of that. And I still don't know where we're at with that. And you, you went into my one of my other questions of Luka Doncic, fill in the blank. The Luka Doncic in shape stuff is blank. You know, and we've we've talked about it. We've danced around it. We've, you know, on this pod. But, you know, as soon as you say anything negative, somewhat negative about Luka, you know, Luca. you know, fans will come out of the, you know, everywhere. Like, oh no, it's not about Luca being in shape, but you have to be realistic about it. He he hasn't been in shape. Now we'll see what happens when he comes back after this, you know, this time off and stuff. But it was, you know, it's wild. You think back to those Olympic times. It's like, how does someone, you know, going from the Olympic to start of the season, you're like, I remember those preseason games. I remember shooting a few texts, to a few people and be like, does he, does he look a little a little bit more like I've kind of defended him in the years past I've made fun of like that narrative but I think he I think he is a little bit you know heavier than than what he normally is so you said I mean if you had to fill in the blank Luka Doncic the Luka Doncic in shape stuff is
1: blank what would you say I mean it's minorly disappointing um in retrospect like the hookah and shots photos are not near as funny now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like i, I love that at the time i'm like oh look at him cutting loose the guy's always having to work he's been he had to qualify he's going to olympics he had a, playoffs carrying the team against la and then i'm like now i'm like man i don't know if, maybe if you would have just been like i don't know just run like a, a few miles a day rather than the hookah but the weird thing about it is is uh before i did the show i do now i was the producer for the previous noon to three show and I would say this to all Mavs fans, and and if we're, they may not be posted right now because we had some server stuff, but if not, I promise you I will figure it out. That show had Dirk on every single year from 1999, or I can't remember if it was 99 or 2000, through the year he retired. Hmm. And they had him on in person every time, and by about year four or five, it was an hour. Every time. And he was super relaxed. And you can hear Sarah Melton laughing the entire time in the background. And it was just an honor and a pleasure, dude. Because he would come up to the studio. Dude, I couldn't get, like, no disrespect. But, like, the list of Mavs that I was not able to get to walk up the stairs. Because we're in their building. That I could not get to walk up the stairs after practice and sit down for 20 minutes. It would stun you. But Dirk would do it for an hour every wow. single year. He would take pictures with interns and accounting people and front desk people. And he, owed, we weren't even, we're not the flagship, you know, like yeah. there's absolutely no reason for him to do that, but he would do it every single year. He was super, super cool about it. And if you ever get bored and want to go back and listen to those, I think they're like the most insightful Dirk interviews you'll ever hear. And I remember him initially, I think this came up with Chandler Parsons, maybe. Uh, but I remember him saying that he didn't really start taking his body seriously until he was like in his late twenties, early thirties. Cause like now we know Dirk is a guy who is very meticulous about his diet. And especially towards the end of his career was like hardcore about it. And it was like no wine during the year, but like early mid twenties, Dirk was definitely fried chicken on the plane guy all the time. And so the the first part of it is is that i don't think it's that weird that a guy like luca at his age doesn't take this quite as serious as maybe you would hope someone with his ability does the second thing though is that the league and times have changed since dirk was doing that like i think there's a lot fewer guys now in their first few years that are living like even nba players from like the mid 2000s did in their first few years like yeah the sports science and nutrition game has just changed you know and so I'm trying to balance those two things of saying, like, I know a lot of dudes uh, who have made great careers in the NBA did not take their body and their health and nutrition seriously 11 and a half months out of the year like you would expect them to, and they were went on to have great careers. I also don't know that you can play that game anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I would say it's it's mildly disappointing. And I don't know, man. I mean, I think the ankle was a problem, and maybe that can get – Rehabbed through time off, but I think we see it in sports and in life time and time again for the last year and a half. If you were having trouble with your win before COVID, that's yeah. not going to magically fix itself in any short order at all. Like you're probably not going to be the same as when you left. Yeah. So how long does it take going forward? And that applies to all these guys, which sucks. Now, the other factor is that tapping into guys on every team, right?
0: Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back, guys. This pod is brought to you by True Bill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download True Bill to take control of your subscriptions. I don't know about you, but if you're wanting to save money, uh, I, I'm kind of in that camp. Um, I'll raise my hand i need to save some money right now so uh true bill is the way to go true bill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need want or simply forgot about on average on average people save 720 dollars a year with true bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel true bill makes it incredibly simple just link your accounts that true bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one Tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Okay, Jay, when it comes to what you've learned from this team or players on the roster, this is another fill in the blank for you. The player you have changed your mind on the most this season. Is blank. Hmm. Or you could change it to the play you've learned about the most.
1: Uh, I mean, I guess if you frame it that way, it's 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 got to be Brunson for me. Um, yep. I was almost gonna say Bullock, but that's so within the margins of just like that. Just that he's a guy that if you look at all the peripheral stats, you you would think. And I know like the month by month splits, but right now he just kind of seems to be a copy paste of some of the guys we've expected to be able to increase or at least maintain their shooting when they got here and they haven't. So um, I think you got to go with Brunson mainly just because of, of end of game stuff. You know, that's something that I think we all maybe thought he was capable of. And obviously he had played massive moments at the collegiate level and played a ton of basketball in college. But until you see a guy do it and you see a guy do it against top flight NBA competition and defense, you're just projecting. You know, so to me, I I think it's it's got to be him. And the reason you can't say KP is because he has done it before. Now, I was not so sure that this KP lived here anymore. Mm. So the fact that you see that it does, that's pretty interesting. I mean, that may I may feel as any positivity I have for the Mavericks this year is being buoyed primarily by Porzingis uh, and his fluidity, how dynamic he looks even when the is not falling, like that actually doesn't concern me that much. Yeah. You know, because it's the other stuff that he's getting that that's, that's, I don't want to say surprising, but we just didn't know. But the true answer has to be Brunson. Like, I mean, I think Brunson can start for a dozen teams right now easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been having, we had this conversation the other day, and
0: it was, I was kind of surprised. You know, anytime you have a, a conversation of like, hey, what's this future of this guy on the team, you know, going to, you know, his new, a new contract, you know, you get fans on both sides, I'm like, oh, we're either going to get slaughtered by this from, you know, fan reaction or fans are going to, and it was like the whole split in the middle, and you're like, all right, cool. Well, then we we hit that right. <laughs> then if you have fans on both sides that are either happy about, you know, his whole role moving forward or, they're upset with what you you know are talking about with it, with Brunson. Like, what happens with him? We we laid out the whole thing of is he playing too well right now for the Mavericks to where he clickbait,
1: make- <laughs> clickbait. When I saw that pop up in my podcast feed, I was like, these sons <laughs> of bees! <I'm> like, don't. <laughs> I mean, I knew what you were saying, but still, yeah. I'm like, oh man.
0: But but like, do you think he's playing so good now to where if Dallas doesn't view him? As a starter next to Luka long term, and we, I, I don't know if they do or not, but if they don't, do you think he's playing so well that he's kind of like pricing himself out of Dallas?
1: Man, that's it's such an interesting question as far as you know where the franchise is headed. And uh, you know, they haven't really been, I'd have to look, but I don't think they've really been up against the tax like since the lockout, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, sure, that, yeah, I'm sure that you know the, the Parsons deal and the Harrison Barnes deal got him up there, but. I mean, I don't, I'll I'll address it this way first. I don't think from a PR standpoint, I don't think that Cuban and the front office can afford to lose Brunson just over money. Hmm. Because the thing is, is that they're not going to be, it's it's very similar to where they were in 2010, where it's obviously not the championship, but you're not going to be able to replace him with one to $1 value. Like, you're going to have Luka's contract kick in. Timmy's signed. KP's got another couple years in an opt-out. So if you lose Brunson, you can't just say, oh, okay, well, Brunson wants 23 a year. We don't want to pay him that, but we want to take that 23 and take it elsewhere. At least not this offseason you can't. So it really is just a matter of are they willing to outbid another team as the highest bidder and, yeah, that's probably going to bump them up into the tax, and that's not a great place to be for a team that's not a true contender. But I just don't think they can afford – I don't think they can afford from a from a public standpoint, and I also don't think they can afford it from a Luka standpoint. Yeah. Like, I think they have to be considering, and I think Timmy might have been part of that, rightly or wrongly. I think they have to be making every roster decision thinking, you know, we kind of got a signal to this guy that we're serious here. Yeah. Uh. And so I. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. For example, what What do you think he's gonna get? I think it's around eighteen to twenty. Okay. I, it just. You
0: just have to find it. We all know it takes one team. It takes one team out there. A a New York or whoever it is. A, you know a team that opens up. Let's say Minnesota trades. You know, D'Angelo Russell or something. Whatever. And it takes one team that sits and says, "Hey, we'll pay you nineteen a year over the next four years." And it's like, holy crap! And if you're Dallas, you're saying, what matters the most to JB? Is it is it money? Is it a role? If they're like, hey, we'll pay you 18, but you might be like ten away in a few months. You might be coming off the bench, or if he's like, no, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to be a full time starting point guard somewhere, whether it's in New York or if Boston makes some
1: roster moves and like, hey, come be our starting point guard next to you know Jason Tatum. So then the question becomes for public saving face, how much would the front office percentage wise be willing to go above the offer that he gets to start to make him a sixth man. And if you're talking about, Oh, they want to give me 20, just, I would just give him 22 because again, you're already going to be capped out. Like there are guys who are good bench players, obviously a very different type of player, but like Kevin Herter just got four for like, I want to say 65. I was just looking at this. Mm. Okay, four for 65, so that's about 16 a year. Like, what do you think Hero's going to get?
0: Oh, yeah, he'll. I mean, I think he'll get tw- at least 20, probably.
1: So a different type of player in that they're both, like, pure shooters, and that's a skill you can't find. But I also think a guy who can run your offense, who also has a pretty nice shot himself, I could see him being in between those two numbers, and I just don't think they can afford to lose him, you know? No. They just they won't be able to replace him, and that's – part of the problem with missing in the draft
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh the draft is a whole different yeah (laughs) but it
1: compounds upon your free agency's decisions where okay like let's say this for example in the alternate universe where they took desmond bain are they as sold that they have to give Hardaway that deal yeah that's good now it's early in bain's career you would have only had a year to look at does rick play him that's true too. Like this alternate universe has a bunch of different things that need to change. But yeah. I'm just saying when you when you hit on guys like that, you don't have to be so hard pressed to say this guy has us hostage because basically every Maverick free agent has them hostage right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. We're gonna take one more quick break and then we'll come back and uh I wanna continue the Brunson conversation but go into the trade deadline. So hey guys. This pod is also brought to you by Bet Online. Our friends, Bet Online AG, that's the place you want to be. And Bet Online has you covered this season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowls this weekend. Big time weekend for the College Bowls. If you're a fan of college football, if you want to bet uh, on the NBA right now through all the hardship deals and all, uh, bet online. Head to Bet Online for the place to be with that. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website to use your mo- user mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, boxing, UFC, you name it. They have odds for it. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't you don't want to take advantage? The don't download betonline but if you do want to take advantage you need to download betonline ag betonline where the game starts this spot is also brought to you by man our good friends there's not a there's not an an advertiser um there's not a relationship out there that we have that is stronger than built bar it's the new year so that means it's almost the new year so that means new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit eating healthier. Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I have a literally a Built Bar basket in my pantry right now with Built Bar stacked in there. Ones that I've bought, ones that Built Bar sent us. Whenever they have a new flavor, they'll send it to us so we can talk about it. Uh, Built Bar, we're super big believers. You guys know this if you've been uh, listed to this pod, but it's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Honestly, some of them do taste better than some candy bars. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, 130 calories, 40 grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. I could go all day on these numbers because it sounds so good. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories. You do the math on that, looking at about 110 calorie difference, 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. Man, this is uh, 30 grams of sugar for a normal. Candy bar, four grams of sugar for a built bar. Here's an idea for the new year go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw it, throw it all out. Throw out the sugary, calorie filled treats, replace them with built bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach something that's healthy. So go to built.com, use a promo code locked on, get 15% off your order. Use a promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so if if they're said Max saying right now, well, we don't know if we're going to be able to go up to 20-something million. And it, let's say Mark's saying, I, if he's going to get 20 million, then I don't know if we can do that, especially if he's going to come off the bench, and we still have Tim making 18. And are we going to you know, combine 38 million and two players coming off the bench, possibly? If I said christoph Porzingis, Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., which one of those three are not on the Mavs after the trade deadline? And you can say all of them are still in the Mavs. But if you had to pick one. Can Hardaway even
1: be traded? I think so.
0: He can? Yeah, because he, okay. yeah, he, he signed his new contract. And yeah, I think so.
1: The least likely has to be Brunson. Yeah. Like the the, the most likely to be traded. You know, his value is through the roof. I mean, I don't know that <laughs> it would be... I mean I think the more interesting question might be you know obviously KP's money is double Hardaway Jr's but I think the the more interesting question might be relative to the player in their contract whose value is lower between Porzingis and Hardaway I've I've had this conversation in the press <laughs> box a few times
0: and I've had it, it's wild how many people go back and forth on that of who you know who would be harder to trade if you wanted to trade one of them Tim or KP And it's wild because you hear all the, you know, especially national, you know, media and stuff, talk about Porzingis and his contract and stuff, but he's been playing, you know, pretty well. So it's like, Hey, I mean, it's not, it's not as bad as going into the season. If you wanted to entertain that route. And it feels like just based on, you know, talking with you on this podcast, you're pretty high on KP right now.
1: Yeah. Now the thing about that is turns like that, right? All he's yeah. got to do is get a – whether it's contact or non-contact, and that's going to happen. You're just hoping at this point that it's three or four games as opposed to 15 to 20. And that's why the fact that he's got a – he's a few years younger, right, than, than – the, there's an age difference of a couple years at least, right? Yeah. 29 yeah, and 26 or two and a half years. So normally that would be a massive tipping in the scales on the way of uh, KP's value. But with injury, that feels like a pretty old 26, you know? Yeah. Um. So – yeah, I mean I'm I'm high on Porzingis just because I think the the numbers and the 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 film and that's something I did want to talk to you about, maybe at the end of like uh the five question thing, just yeah. talking about this recent stretch here and and what it means for Porzingis. But I'm I think Hardaway Jr. is virtually untradeable right now. Like he's got three and a half years left on his deal, even if he were playing like pretty well. Yeah, you know, that's still just I mean it's almost like he's worth more to the mavericks even if he's playing well than he is to like almost any other team you know yeah
0: well what hurts him so much is you know if he's not hitting four or five threes in a game he there's not a lot outside of that that he's bringing to the floor you know he's not a huge playmaker Um, uh, we've chronicled on here a lot of his he struggles defensively i'm trying to say that lightly on the perimeter um it that's the thing and it's like you know if he's gonna be streaky it's kind of difficult in that and now you know he's obviously coming off the bench and stuff but um what did would you have to throw at me as far as you know kp as of late i only have i have one more question but it's kind of like a pivot
1: to jason kidd and everything well i just i just think what's really interesting and i'll try to be as quick about this as i can i don't want to run you guys too late um i just the way that this has worked for the last eight games but specifically the last four and all the talk of, like, oh, why are the Mavs so much more fun to watch? And I've listened to you guys talk about it and read people uh, write about it. It's just so interesting to me that this stretch of either four or eight games is, like, every debate and conversation that people have been having about this team for, like, the last two years distilled into, like, a two-week, <laughs> uh like, timeline, you know? Like, whether yeah. it's, is Luka two-ball dominant? Um, uh how come the roster seems so uninspired and it's stagnant? Like we could just get anybody. I've literally heard people say like they could replace a lot of these guys with anybody yeah. and like they'd at least be as good. And I'm like, yeah, but how? What sort of bizarre world in which would that that would happen? And then it happened. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like and people, oh well, KP's so much better when Luke is not out there. What you know? Why is that happening? And then it just all happened at once. And it's like you know he's going for twenty five plus and. Uh, I looked it up, and through the, okay, so last season, they were 24th in the league in passes per game. And, like, that's not a end-all, be-all, telling, predictive stat. Uh, you know, you'll see good teams at the top. You'll see bad teams at the top. Although, I'm sure you know this, but the funniest one of all time is the Warriors, right? You know that number? <laughs> no. The Warriors went from uh, last in the NBA in passes per game to first. Uh, the year between Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. Last to first. Woo! One year. Doesn't happen. Wow. So uh, last season, the Mavericks were 24th in the NBA. Uh, from the start of the season to December 10th, which is the first game Luka was out, or the last game he played, I guess. They were 23rd. So 24th last year, 23rd this year. For the four games after that, so 12-12 to 12 12-19. They were first in the NBA and by a massive margin. Wow. Massive margin. The next four games, so 1221 to 1227, that's where we're getting into like straight up protocol stuff, like not yeah. just no Luca. Those first four were just no Luca. Mm. The next four is 1221 to 1227. That's four games. They're sixth. Okay. If you combine those two stretches, that eight game stretch, Luca out for all eight, some guys here, some guys not, they're third. And again, heading into that stretch through the bulk of the season, they're 23rd. So when people talk about like, man, I feel like the ball's moving more. Like it's not just moving more. It's from almost the bottom of the league to top five. Yeah. And it's with guys who don't know the offense really. Yeah. And like, that is, I think the big question is we're all trying to say like, what can we take from this time and apply to moving forward? And I don't really know. Because I don't really think a team with Luka is ever going to be top five or top ten in passes per game. And that doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. But to me, it's just really interesting to be like, you know, what we're seeing now is not nothing. Yeah. Like, what do they think they have here that they can apply to the rest of their roster, like, or the rest of their roster makeup going forward? You know, I mean, I don't know. I am I I feel like you got to find a way to keep Knight. I think you yeah. start there. And that means you probably find a way to to move on from Burke. And I don't know how you do that. And I know Willie's guaranteed next year, but I think they owe it to themselves to learn something from this stretch. They can't, they can't just close this door and say, fun little run.
0: We had the guys in. All the guys are out. Luca's back. Now we're going to go back to what Mavericks basketball looked like before Luca went out. They can't do that so i I think that i think what you said right there is so key is it's it's something like i don't know what it is that they have to carry on we you know something i threw out on on yesterday's podcast is you know when it comes to luca i want to see luca moving because all these passes are happening and the ball is moving around so much but these guys are passing and then they're moving. You know, they're passing and moving, passing and moving. We've seen the different clips of, you know, hey, if Luca's going to defer to, you know, JB on a play and he, JB's running pick and roll with, you know, KP or something, Luca's just kind of chilling over there. Luca passes off and now he's going to chill. Can Luca, and this is where the shape comes in play, can Luca pass it and move it? Can everybody on the floor just keep on moving, passing, cutting? It feels like, you know, people are cutting so much right now. And so that's what, yeah what what are they going to learn roster wise how many of these guys stick around is it brandon knight is it is it knight and chris i love theo pinson you know you obviously can't you know probably keep three or four of these guys but do they keep two of them do they keep at least one i think at least one of them lands that other two-way spot that amarui you know is mm-hmm. is out from now but do they make another you know roster move on top of that and and keep one
1: of those guys but you know what it almost goes back to uh this is like to me the main value of the kid higher uh because I was not super high on it at the time um but I'm a fan so I'm willing to give anything a chance but that's almost like the main value of the kid higher to me is they have to be able to address things with Luca without being worried about pissing him off so much that he's like sour yeah So like when we talk about, do they have to keep Brunson because that would be a disaster for the for the chemistry of the team? Plus he's just a really good player. Like how do they communicate to Luca that look, dude, like you you're not the problem, but you are part of the problem. (laughs) And like that's not to say like he's he's still all world, and I think you, you could get into the playoffs and get to six games against any team with any roster if he's on your squad. But if you have higher aspirations. You know, some of this stuff has to they gotta break they gotta break the mould the mold a little bit. And like I let's put it to you this way, bud, if you can't shoot 38% from three, you're gonna have to move around the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like you cannot be stationary and be a 32% three-point shooter. Like, that's just not that's not gonna work. Like, that's why it's funny when people are like, Oh, it's the Harden model. I'm like, Harden's a much better outside shooter at this point of his career than Luke mm. is. So that's Part of the reason Harden can stand there. Yeah. You, that's on Kid to sort of communicate that, I guess, is my general point.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of kids, this is my last question for you. You know, considering where everything has, has uh, come from of the offseason and hiring Jason Kidd, the Jason Kidd experience has been blank. 33 games in, I think it's 33, could be wrong, 34 maybe. But the Jason Kidd experience has been blank so far.
1: Not a disaster. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say not a disaster because I'm trying to be fair to him with the fact that we all knew coming into the year that the roster was relatively stagnant. Mm. And I didn't really think it was fair to judge him in a way where you would just say, well, you better be able to pick up exactly where Rick uh, left off with the exact same roster. Like That's what we want, and we're hoping by the end of the year – that they can get there, but I don't think that's totally fair. Then you have the COVID stuff, and I would say completely away from basketball stuff that you know, kind of gives you the icky feeling about Jason Kidd, a lot of it was just the Machiavellian, like backstabby culture in the room stuff that I just don't think that plays in today's NBA. And I haven't heard a murmur. (laughs) Now it's early, but still, they're going through a lot and you don't hear anybody say that there's any sort of, you know, discord by discord. I mean like the old version, not where Cuban talks to fans now, (laughs) (laughs) Like the old discord. I'm not, I'm, I'm too old for the new discord. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he's occasionally like kind of indicated his, Hey, I don't know what you want me to do palms up sort of attitude in post game press conferences. But for the most part, As hard as what they're going through is now and really has been all year, I've kind of enjoyed his disposition, frankly. Yeah. I mean, they need it.
0: And, you know, I've been giving him praise for over the, you know, for these past few weeks of, I mean, bringing in, losing, you know, three assistants and, you know, bringing in all these new guys and being in all of these games. Like, if they would have lost all these games by a wide margin, I would be like, well, all right, I kind of get it. You know, Luka's out and everything. And I feel like he's, I feel like these Mavericks have been going into these games and they're like coached and ready. And I, I feel like he has to get some credit for that. And, and it's like what you said, like, I haven't heard a single thing at all. Like any, I mean, I mean, if we want to add a sixth question to this, we could say, what's your thoughts on the, you know, the Carlisle McMahon story. But I mean, we both know we've both been in situations <laughs> where we've heard uh, plenty of, rick carlisle stories you know throughout the days and months and years and it's like i once again i know this is super early but i haven't heard anything about kids so far
1: no and that's why it's weird the whole package deal with nico thing yeah i i do think that was true and i do think there are parts to it whether it was you know like practically true or just legally you know it's it's the case they were coming together um There's some things about that I don't love, but there's also, I think it sort of, I think they have each other's backs and like sounding board in a way that like, you're not going to get from every GM and coach like relationship. Now that might also be a problem if things get bad because it makes it tougher, you know, (laughs) for somebody to tell somebody like, Hey, sorry, you're really close to getting fired here. Or, you know, you are fired. But I also think like having that, approach of two guys maybe makes it a little easier for them to keep things kind of chill. Yeah. And maybe it'll be too chill. You know, I, I don't, I very seriously doubt that anybody's going to pine for the days of uh the culture of Rick Carlisle anytime during this, this tenure, but you know, they, they're obviously going to have to coach their superstar, you know, that's going to have to happen. And the jury's still out on that one. All right, Jake, Thanks so much for your time. Guys, yeah, you, man. you
0: know, if you're a Mavs fan, you know you can listen to Jake. Follow him on Twitter. I have it on the screen there. Not
1: Jack Kemp. How many people's called you Jack
0: throughout life?
1: Uh well, actually quite a few. I don't I don't know like how much of an old school NFL fan you are, but he was also a vice presidential candidate for uh Bob Dole. Okay. So I didn't uh, know that. He's a Hall of Famer, actually, quarterback for the Bills, Jack Kemp. And uh he was a I mean, well-known player. And like I would always say my, and they're like Either people would say like, oh, like Jack Kemp, or are you related to Jack Kemp? I'm like, it's not that uncommon of a name. Like, I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Enough times to where I thought it was a real clever Twitter handle 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, even clicking on your, uh, I clicked on your Twitter, Abby, today. I was like. I was di- dying laughing because every time I see him, I just think of him you know, s- singing and, uh, you know, strapped onto the rocket. There, and, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a big Armageddon of, fan. Uh, as well, Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
0: right. You guys know uh, on the ticket, uh, if you don't want to listen on the radio, you can listen to the podcast feed. You download the app. What's the name of the app again? Sports Day Talk. It's through the uh, Dallas Morning News. Okay. Sports Day Talk. Download. Listen to a segment Hang Zones 12 to 3, right? Or 12 to 4. 12 to three 12 to three let's go talking Mavs Cowboys exciting time for the Cowboys is
1: like yeah. is Micah
0: Parsons like the the Luca equivalent right now
1: uh do, I mean as far as like people saying I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this before you know I don't know like from uh you know football is obviously much more team game where one guy can't just straight up take over but as much as we said, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like Luca. I don't know that there's ever been a player like Parsons, like ever. And that, I mean, he might be the first rookie to win Defensive Player of the Year since Lawrence Taylor. And he was not a pass rusher in college, uh, in which he did not play football last year. <laughs> it's pretty weird. That's
0: ridiculous. All right. Well, go listen to Jake. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate your time. And uh, let's get you on again. Talk Mavs and whenever they're making a. Hopefully, making a a big
1: splash or a playoff run or something. Very happy to finally be here. So, happy back whenever you want. All right. I'll see you, Jake. See ya.